Welcome to Drunk on Comics Podcast, episode 306. Lens is starting the podcast this week. This never happens. We're going to pretend like Tony's not even here today. <laughs> so, you know, we talked about stuff and things and movies and comic books and yeah, all that stuff. Actually, we got into a lot of stuff. Tony is here. Tony, what did you talk about? Stuff. <laughs> and things. Books. I did want to just be quiet the entire yeah. time. <laughs> See this go off the rails for this intro. Hey, I'm a professional drinker. So yes, it probably would go off the rails. <laughs> I talked about many different books. Uh, particularly Batman, of course. Jetsons. And The Highest House, which is amazing. Not about people getting high. Nope. No. I covered some Labyrinth. Very good story. Uh, we got into some news about Stanley. That's some bullshit. Yeah. Uh, Everyone should get angry. Yes. Listen to that part of the podcast so that you know more. Research it. Write your representative. <laughs> Political action, people. We need to save Stan. Uh, in happier news, we discussed DC's new imprint. Obviously, a shit ton of stuff about movies, the upcoming movies. So, you know, sit back, grab yourself a shot of something. Vodka is our booze of choice this week. And check out Drunk on Comics podcast, episode 306, Ghost 2, Electric Boogaloo. Ghosts try to take off my head. The ghosts don't like Tony's dance moves. Nope. <laughs> Trying to explain some fun times at a bachelor party last night and Oculus Rift and, and having the VR Which set. Still sounds like a Transformer to me. Oh, yeah. One of the stupidest things ever. You would think that a VR headset would not need a certification uh, tech to, to automatically be working. Like, you don't need to. I guess you do need to update your switches every now and then, but all the Oculus Rifts across the world went defunct because no one knew that they had to re-download this mm. patch. So that was kind of an interesting. interesting thing for my buddy who owns one of these. The best thing, though, is when they're playing the zombie game and you go and you grab their shoulder because it, it scares, scares the shit, the out, shit of them. out of them. Is it Oculus? There's a, so I've seen people play a VR game, and I don't know if it's on the Oculus Rift, but it's like it's kind of like Guitar Hero, you know, where you got the shit coming at you, and you're supposed to hit the notes at a certain time, but it's with the lightsabers, and you're supposed to be like Fruit Ninja shit. Oh, yeah. Well, there's, the yeah, there's like a 3D Fruit Ninja one. But this one's with lightsabers. That's the important part. Probably is. I mean, <laughs> there's the cheap, like, kind of... Uh, VR things that you can put your phone in. Yeah. Like like the cardboard, the, yeah. what was it, the Google cardboard yeah. or something like that. Which and I there's other ones understand. that are kind of plastic and stuff, but like the Oculus Rift is the the de facto huge one. Right. The one that makes people throw up. I, I can, I honestly can't really do them because there was this, there was a stupid, it was Job Simulator game. We're watching because you can watch it on the big screen as well as they they're seeing it in 3D where okay. they move in in the VR headset. It was a game where you had to like you were in a kitchen and you had to prep whatever they were telling you to make, and then you'd have to go into the fridge and grab ingredients to throw into the pot to make a stew, huh. and then pour like you know put toast in the toaster, and then you see right. the people jamming the toast down, and and I was like, this is what we've come to. We're <laughs> We're, we're simulating jobs now? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. It was hilarious, but at the same point, I'm like, that's not what Are I'm there gloves with. that go with it? So they're, they're controllers. Okay. So think of, the, there's two trigger fingers, so your mm. uh, pointer and then middle finger, and then the top ones, which they both, they're kind of the same thing, so they'll have a uh, joystick moving on both, and then like two top buttons there, too. Okay. So like four buttons and two joysticks. Gotcha. Kind of like a regular... But those also have motion control, so like when you punch, it knows. Right, like the nunchucks from. Yeah, pretty much, kind of like a, a yeah. Wii, okay. just a little bit more 
yeah, in depth with them. Right. How they, they don't work. have to be corded to each other. Yeah. Interesting. So that was, that was a lot of fun. I will say, though, fuck Daylight Savings Time. <laughs> I plan ahead like a responsible citizen by setting my clocks ahead. There's no ahead need time. for it. I mean, I, I truly love when you fall back in the fall. Yes. But I wish we just kept falling back. I know. I Gaining know. an extra hour that night is a lot of fun and awesome. Yes. And I love it because I have no kids that will wake up earlier. <laughs> so it works out for me. But losing an hour of sleep, my God, I, I'm already getting old to where I can't even function after a night of, of going out. <laughs> Take away an hour. An hour, yeah. I'm just dead. Um, I heard on the news today, this morning, on NPR, because uh, I'm one of those people, uh, they tried to get rid of daylight savings time in Florida like years and years and years and years and years ago. It was in the 70s, so... <laughs> that many years ago. Um, I don't even know if it was Florida. I think this was something Nixon passed, actually. And they ended up repealing it almost immediately because the minute they passed it, like, and because it was so dark in the morning, like, so many kids got hit by cars on the way oh, to school shit. in the morning. <laughs> I shouldn't laugh. But so then they immediately repealed it, uh, which... But we're at a time and age now where... It's, yeah, no kids, like, barely any kids are We're not out in the field. Right. <laughs> That is what it was originally made yeah. for, wasn't it, farmers? Yep. Yeah. Actually, no, I think I think that's a myth. I think it had to do more trains as well. It could be. But I don't know. Yeah. I don't care because regardless, it's irrelevant. Right. We have to keep doing it. I am excited for the extra hour of daylight at night, though. Oh, yeah. Okay. Because it'll, it'll be... Like, what it, the hell has that got to do with anything? Okay, yes, it does <laughs> change that a bit. Yes. And, because it was getting dark at 6, and now it'll start getting dark at 7. Yay! <laughs> Remember as a kid being able to stay out till the... Actually, I could stay out till whenever my parents were not really the greatest of responsible <laughs> parents. I mean, they were great, because they allowed us freedom. Right. I'll never forget my, my one of my best friends, Keith. Once those streetlights came on, mm -hmm. his ass was jetting home. Yeah. And, like, it was not a, we could do one last play of football. No, it was, you go. See, he was like, gotta go, gotta go. Yeah. We're like, damn, like that's I didn't have have love training there. I didn't have the street light rule, but I did my stepfather could whistle very, very loudly. He didn't even use like a whistle whistle, like he just whistled, like with you know, the the finger whistling or whatever that I can't do. Um and when he whistled, that's when we had to come home. So if you were too far away to hear the whistle, then you were in some trouble. <laughs> <laughs> Oh. Anyway. Anyway, uh, we'll get our, our quick Black Panther news out of the way because it's the forefront of everything. So it passed another milestone and it's now past the one billion worldwide box Ooh. office. It's third week, fourth week. Fourth week, I think. Because I didn't see it until last weekend, which I think was its third week. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Um, That's holy pretty shit, awesome. That's pretty good. And they announced officially there's a sequel, yes. which I don't really feel like I need to know those things it's because just we know it's gonna happen. Yeah. yeah, why would they not? It was someone like, at Disney like, you know what, guys, let's really think about yeah. this for a second. Do we want to make another billion dollars? Right. Well, and it was like so. Last week, Marvel came out with their, um, like whatever their next movie. I can't remember what they call them, but you know how they plan like their movies in advance. Yeah. They came out with their next one. They didn't list any of the movies. They just said, we're planning on putting movies out these years. And I'm like, why is this news? We all know you're still going to keep fucking making movies. You don't have to tell us. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're not giving us titles. We just thought phase four once it's, it's all over. Yes. We made enough money, folks. Yeah. Pack it up. You know that all that money that everybody's making off these? We're good now. We're, we acquired fat Fox, but we didn't really want to do anything with those properties. Right. Ugh. But I'm glad Black Panther's doing so well. For the same reasons, I'm really glad that Wonder Woman did well and Guardians did well. Because it just shows that you can do these types of movies and they'll be successful. Because that was the roadblock to doing these movies for a very long time. So... Um, all right, I'm going to quick do some quick, quick thoughts on You're some books. quick do some quick thoughts? Yes. So this is going to be double quick? Yes. <laughs> and I'm done. <laughs> that was so interesting. 
I want. I meant to read this a while ago when it came out, like three weeks ago, but then forgot about it in my pile. Um, Star Wars Thrawn number one. I 100% don't know about the extended universe except from from what I've heard from other giant fans. And I know that Thrawn is a name that gets thrown around, so <laughs> I figured wow. I'd pick this up. And it was a good introduction to this character, and I am interested to... I'll finish this series because it's one of those things that if they're making the comic book, and this is a big controversy that they always have, they they said they're wiping that slate clean. Right. None of that stuff matters, except for when they're doing stuff now in comic books, that is canon. Right, right. So this is something? So they, they said that the stuff before, especially the extended universe, did not matter unless they wanted it to matter. Yes, and it, so it's they can pick and choose. Right. And, fine, cool, I, I'm agreeing with that, but you never know what is until... It's either in a movie or in one of their books. So now you kind of know. And is this going to follow straight from what it always was? I'm assuming with it being comic books, they're going to have some small twists that would not be what the regular people who have read this uh, books before would know. It's smart, though, because he's a character that everyone who loves the EU talks about all the time. So, you know, I don't... I don't care. <laughs> I won't ever read this book, but I, I would say if you well, you, you like Star Wars at least, right? Yeah, I love. And the there movies. are a ton of the freaking Star Wars books now coming out. Yeah, this would be one of them that would be new enough to where I hate as a fanboy. I hate like trying to super guess and everything and know everything, even though I'm going to do that anyways because that's, that's who you are as a person. Yes, yes. <laughs> this though is something where I'm like, I'm just going into it and these are new characters and I'm like what okay I'm just following that as a, a story right so you may enjoy it for that um as well as it's it's well written that's good um so that was a couple weeks ago want to quick touch on Batman cause it's we've left it off the the shelf for a little <laughs> bit there trying to give him some breathing room uh the story arc right now is dealing with Poison Ivy the greatest thing that I've been loving is him and Catwoman, though, and right. still deciding their their wedding and talking about it. And in this issue in particular, number forty two, uh, Poison Ivy already took over the world. I kind of like it. It's one of those I didn't see that coming, and it wasn't a giant setup. It was just her vines and her how she. Um, they explained a little bit more in here because vegetables and wheat and all those. Those are all plants. Mm-hmm. And so she secreted her stuff in that. So pretty much everyone in the world got, you know, this stuff within them. And so she controls them. Everyone. Even Superman. Yeah. I love it when they take these characters that have the potential to be super powerful and then actually make them super yeah. powerful. And they have the entire world in love with her. Um, and they keep... She can talk and communicate through any of them. And how it starts off, <clears throat> and I had seen a picture going into the last issue, like months before when we see, you know, solicits and everything, mm-hmm. of Batman, like, punching Alfred. I'm like, what the fuck? What's going on with Batman right. that he's, like, become hallucinated? Well, it's was this. Yeah. Don't eat your vegetables, kids. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dirk Manning would never get controlled by poison ivy. Well, neither would I, <laughs> Don't eat vegetables. (laughs) But he was able to at least uh, inoculate himself and Catwoman. So they're the two people out there. And so Catwoman's just talking about the wedding and, oh, Poison Ivy could could walk me down. And, you know, and and Ivy could, she could stand up for you, Batman, and for me. Maybe because she could officiate the wedding (laughs) since everyone is Poison Ivy. And also knowing that they're all listening. Right. Because you have Superman. This was the greatest part of it all, though. Superman just vigilantly standing watch, mm-hmm. and they and and they're just talking aloud to each other. I'm so glad that Ivy allowed us to go out um, as the, a cover. Right, the they're cave. doing this as a cover, kind of. Yeah, yeah. and they they're going about and it it already even said like it's been three weeks, so there's been time that has elapsed that she's pretty much controlled the world. So Catwoman and Bruce they're in search of someone, and that's the whole point. I don't even want to make it's that Batman or Superman just hovering over. Wayne Manor, and then hovering over this. So Ivy knows who 
Batman is. Right. And all of a sudden, Batman starts, like, whispering something to Catwoman's ear, knowing Bruce is hearing everything, and if Bruce hears everything, Catwoman hears everything. Then he lets out, because he whispers it, so that the hearing has to kind of come in. A loud, double-fingered whistle Mm -hmm. that pierces Superman's ears, which makes him go deaf for a few minutes for them to quick kick some ass and, and escape. Well, they didn't escape totally. But the writing and how I never would have thought that would be something... I mean, Batman's kind of gone up against Superman before. Right. Oh, yeah. Many a times. But it's always interesting when you, you know, even Catwoman goes, oh, you did take him down with a with a whistle. Like, <laughs> so those small things. I oh, Is I this can't. the one they released the image of Catwoman's wedding dress in? Or was that just a solicit? That was just a solicit okay. that they have that. That's it's coming up uh, cool in a couple dirt. months. Yeah. Probably after this story arc. If that wedding doesn't go down, I will, I will fucking hate Batman. Yeah. I want that to happen so much, and I don't know why. <laughs> right. I never cared about it until now. Yeah. Well, you know, we Bruce all want happy. Bruce to be happy. Yes. <laughs> Last quick one that I want to quick mention is the Jetsons, because it is so fucking good. And I got a little teary-eyed. Yeah. It was Sacrifice, and then a What the Fuck's Going On. I won't even explain more, but if you've been reading the book, you know that they have some random thing going on in Earth, and then some giant meteor headed towards Earth. They're doubly fucked no matter what. This was... There's one more issue, and things definitely took a turn. Huh. Way darker than the comic... Or than the cartoon. very much so. And I keep... There is some awesome parallels. I will say the one thing in this one with the creatures or the thing or whatever it is that's... Because they're hovering above there. It's not like in the clouds in right. space like they did in the show. They're like literally on platforms that are above the Earth, but the Earth is all water because shit happened. These things gave George some sort of like mind-reading ability. Okay. So it's it's getting a little other weird sci-fi, but then when you right. look at the old show, which they had all this technology that could yeah. deal with anything, whatever. It's a different realm, yeah. but it's the same characters. So he finally started. He started hearing Astro talk because mm. you know on the show they you, could kind of yeah. communicate with them, yeah. and they didn't really do because other things such as Rosie being his mom that was put into the body of the robot, like. It, it gets the essence of what the Jetsons was. Right. But it was really cool when all of a sudden he started hearing asteroids. And he's thinking he's going insane. They also have only, like, days left before this asteroid hits. So it's kind of on a time crunch. But then it's, oh, wow, I, I, I can hear you. Like, I was like, that was so Does awesome. He, can you hear him in the way that Astro spoke on the on the show? No. Well, I mean, you can't. I read it in that voice. But it was more of a... The dog even said that he could understand George before, but just never had a way to translate it back. But, like, since he's reading his mind, because then Astro's just, like, even kind of, like, not knowing what he's doing either. Right. But then he has, like, pancakes and 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 stuff. <laughs> but then they were eating pancakes out in the other room, and George was like, yeah, Astro wants some pancakes. They're like, oh, George, he wants anything that's there. And then Astro's like, I want pancakes. <laughs> very, very fucking good book. I have another big one that I want to talk about, but... Um, so in my, in my, because I'm moving soon, so in, in my packing, uh, frenzy that I've been on for the last week, I fit in one book, and one book only, and that was Barely, because I read it this morning. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and this book actually came out two weeks ago, so I read, uh, Jim Henson's Labyrinth Coronation. Uh, number one from Boom, of course, because that's where all the Jim Henson stuff lies now is um, with Ar- Archaea, I think is the. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is written by Simon Spurrier, who has whose name has been on a lot of stuff recently, because I think he's going to be doing one of your books for the Sandman yep. series. Uh, illustrated by Daniel Bayless, colored by Dan Jackson. So this is the perfect book. For anybody, I think, who's aged 30 to 40. Because (laughs) I feel like that's the age group that really got into the labyrinth. Like, younger kids may have seen it with their parents. And there are older people who probably saw it when it came out, too. But I think anybody that's, like, our age 
were the generation that really experienced this movie. I, you know, I didn't think about it until you just said that, but I, I enjoyed this book. But I'm now looking at it from a perspective of someone new picking up the book. Yeah. I think they could enjoy it, but I don't think they would as much as right. we did. Because, we got a lot more. Right. Because this is the origins of the Goblin King. And while you could read the origins of the Goblin Kings without even ever seeing the Labyrinth, and it would still be a really good story, it makes so much more sense and seems so much more interesting to somebody who really liked the movie. And specifically remembers David Bowie as the Goblin King, <laughs> yeah. right? Because that's he made that character fucking awesome. So... This starts with, like, current Labyrinth time, where he's got Toby, and he's telling him, you know, uh, the goblins are all gathered around, and they're watching, what is her name, Sarah? That's the her his sister. Um, coming to get Toby and save him from the Goblin King, and um, how she's gotten farther than they thought she would ever get, and all this stuff. And it shows the part of the movie where she's, Falling down that tunnel with the helping hands, where they're—that's so freaking badass. I know too, how they shot that. I know this. I'm telling you, listeners. Anything Jim Henson. If you haven't seen this movie, like, just do yourself a favor and fucking watch it. It's actually coming back to theaters. They're doing a anniversary screening of the Labyrinth. In, well, I told in you theaters. Yeah. Why they're doing all this stuff too is because they're going to have a sequel. Right. Right. When they finally announce it, though. That's, yeah. It's same. I mean, you know, the Dark Crystal took forever, and who knows what's actually ever going to happen with that. But that's besides the point. So, um, so it it shows that scene, and then it shows one of the little goblins sneaking off, and then Jareth, the Goblin King, confronting this little goblin, talking about how you know you shouldn't you shouldn't just because she's gotten far doesn't mean she's going to make it, and you shouldn't just assume that that's going to happen. And he starts telling Toby the story of a boy. Himself. Basically himself. But I mean, you, you would assume that's got to be him. Right. Because it didn't have the name of Jareth. No. The baby didn't. So no. maybe it was another attempt of him yeah. to kill. It could, but I don't think they named the baby. They didn't say the baby's name. Oh, yeah, they haven't. Yes, you don't know. In the book yet. So, but, so. Actually, here's my... I'm always looking for that twist ending right. like it's not him but you keep thinking it's him. Right. But sometimes it just is. Yeah. And I and I think in this case it is, but but basically he doesn't set it up as it being him even though the goblin keeps saying, "Oh, this is the story about you" or something like that and and the goblin king's like, "Shut up. Let me tell the story cuz the kid doesn't understand." And the kid doesn't understand anyway because he's a baby. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so it's the story starts in 1797 in Venice, and you get this scene of fancy rich people dancing, like you know, just elitist sort of gatherings that happened way back in the day. And there's not really much to say about the whole setup, except that you learn about this woman and her what and her wife, his her husband. The husband is of noble blood from somewhere and um something's wrong Some, somebody's looking for him he also thinks there's a war coming so he starts going into like ultra panic mode and then you learn a couple pages in that she's not of noble nobility like she's like a a, a linen maid is what he yeah. calls her um so like he he's deciding to run home to daddy and he can't take her with him and she's getting really pissed and he tries to lock her out of the house and there's all this other stuff. And then you find out that there's a baby involved and he wants to get rid of the baby too. Like he's just done with this life. He's like ready to move on. Yeah. And in this whole time, when you get like these scenes alone with him in, you see the goblins like in the gutters between the panels talking to him much like they did in the movie when they were trying to get Sarah to say the words to take Toby mm -hmm. like trying to push him to say and it's cool because they're in the gutter so they're watching this panel up in the right and then the ones that are lower on the page are looking in the panel on the bottom so it was just a really cool visual technique not only visually like okay the goblins 
And even when he's uh, explaining the story to the the one little Tweedledum goblin or couldn't remember his name. Beetles. Yeah. He calls them all kinds of yeah, funny be- names. Beetlegum or something. Yeah. But, uh, I'm imagining, man, if I was kidnapped by these goblins, but they made me king and I had magic in this world and stuff, and I'm a kid, I'd be like, this is fucking sweet. Right. I don't ever want to leave this world. I know. So, like, when he takes Toby, I'm thinking, man, you know, yes, his sister wants him to come back and everything, but at the same point, if I was a child, I'd be like, nope, sorry, sis. Yeah, right? This guy loves me, and I'm going to be new king. Yes. That's talking about the the regular labyrinth. Even in this, though, you know, he's a this guy they're trying to get is like a full blown man, and they're trying to convince him to because you have to say the words for them to mm-hmm. take you. You pretty much have to give them permission for you, them to take you, and they're trying to get him to say the words. But my my other favorite part about that whole thing is they keep commenting on his fabulous eyebrows. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they're very arched and, yes, and big, very much like the way David Bowie's ends up in the. In the movie. Um, so, this guy's a dick, pretty much. Like, I don't like him. Nobody does, I don't nope. think. Like, I think that's the intention of the writer, is to make this guy a huge dick. But does he not look a bit like as if that's a younger Jareth? Yeah, oh bit? yeah, for sure. Because that's where I'm like, ah, th- this can't be him. I. That's why I was like, he just stops aging when he gets to yeah. the Goblin Kingdom, I guess. But again, if this if the baby is supposed to be Jareth, and this is seven in the seventeen hundreds, like obviously aging works totally different in the Goblin Kingdom. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I don't, I don't know that I want to really give away the ending, other than if the baby's Jareth, you know that he ends up in the Goblin Kingdom, and it kind of shows you at the end if how that happens, and it and um, the mother ends up there with him but she doesn't end up staying there and so it'll be really because the whole story is about her trying to save the baby and failing pretty much like that's this story which i think is also a really interesting way to tell a story because when you read most stories you want there to be like a good ending and you already know if this is the story of the goblin king this ending is not going to be good for the mother at least yeah (laughs) so um, but it was just a really good start to it. Like, I can't wait to see where they take it. Uh, the current Goblin King that is there when the baby comes to the Goblin Kingdom, the he's an owl, which I thought was really cool because that plays back to the owl in the labyrinth. So lots of good tie-ins. Um, I hope this guy dies, the, the, <laughs> the dad, because he's a huge dick. So I hope that happens. But... Really good. Like I said, especially if you have watched the Labyrinth movie. If not, read it still. I think it's still going to be very good. But also, if you haven't watched the movie, um, you know, watch the movie. So. <laughs> All right. The book that I picked up, and I picked it up for one reason, and then there's a second reason, and then there's a third reason why I really love it. A, it's The Highest House, number one from IDW. And it's a big book. And the cover's awesome, too. Yes. And this kind of evokes, to me, medieval, maybe some magic. I mean, it could just be superfluous with how the chains are everything, but... Superfluous? I don't know. Yeah, it's that one. (laughs) Florious. We're talking about flowers here. (laughs) Um, But this is like... Do you call this magazine? It's magazine size, yeah. Yeah. Which I don't normally see that. Mm Mm-mm. And I'm like, there's so many books that we pick up. Do I pick up a whole new one? I'm like, let's let's see how the art is. And I get right to the middle section, and there's this huge fucking castle. I'm like, that evokes majesty. Yeah. That's like just beautifully drawn. I'm like, all right, I think I'm sold now. So that was the second reason. And then when I sat down and started reading it, I see that it's written by Mike Carey, who... I love because for people who don't know who Mike Carey is, he did the whole Lucifer series and he's just amazing. So already I'm like, I'm gl- I already picked it up. I'm more glad that I picked right. it up, not knowing he was the writer on this. Uh, I got to say Peter Gross uh, doing the art in here though, because the art is just beautifully done. And I like that they're bigger pages. You can see a lot more detail. And even though it's only maybe a few inches on each side though, yeah. it just, it feels big yeah 
Let's let's compare here. Yeah, I mean it's not yeah. that much. I would say but... it's two inches on the side and like an inch on the top. Bigger. Yeah. The story then is, you know, as I always say, is where where it's at. And it starts off how most books would of what's going on. They don't just right away say what's going on. Oh, and also this is uh, part one of Obsidian's Bargain. So this is the story arc. So hopefully, I mean, they obviously probably got the first story arc planned. This right. becomes into a regular because I like this world that they're setting up. It is a kind of medieval-ish type town. You have a, a man that's buying slaves and they're all like, okay. Like, what's even funnier is when he, he starts talking about, you know, he's there to buy slaves. And everyone and their mother is bringing their kids or anyone that they can sell oh, wow. for scraps. Yeah. And you have him just seeing people. They're checking over the people. Sure, I'll give you a couple silver. I'll give you this and that. We already had a little uh, foresight with this little boy named Moth. Moth. That's his nickname. Well, actually, that's his name. Um, and he gets bought because of some sixth sense that this guy who... The Magister, uh, I'm like, this guy's evoking some sort of evil vibe, but I'm also like thinking, if this is a world where medieval stuff's happening, I'm thinking he's some necromancer or something, and sure enough, he's he's a powerful wizard, which yeah. in this world, those were all supposed to be eradicated. Ah, it's them eyebrows that do it. That's what makes <laughs> you look evil. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the eyebrows for that and like the, the, the very thin goatee. goatee, the Jafar goatee, I like yeah. to call it. <laughs> yep, with the elongated face. Yeah. yeah, he is like a more pale Jafar. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I did love, and like I said, I don't want to spend too much time ruining everything within this book. Just I want to talk about the art and how things were amazing. But there is then a page that kind of sets up the whole. That's really beautifully history and drawn. Yeah. So you get to kind of, it's always great when the characters are using their dialogue to explain the world in their eyes, but you don't need to have the word bubbles. I like it. You know that this right. is the the guy telling him about. Well, and they, the way they do the art makes it look like the side, you know, like in Grecian, how they told stories with the, along the outside yeah. of jars and stuff. It looks a lot like that. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I didn't, I knew it looked familiar somehow. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he's explaining uh, the, about the highest house, and it's it's such a good book. I'm so happy that they made it so big size, so that I accidentally picked it up, and now I'm yeah. gonna read it. Um, definitely one. Yeah, that cover is awesome. I like it when they do matte and glossy on the same cover. I think it makes the art stand out that much more. Mm-hmm. Like you can, yeah, the glossy it makes it almost like the chains look. Yeah. Like they're made out of metal. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, so best on tap this week is <laughs> this cover it because we be. really didn't think about. No, but that is an amazing. And, you know, the title's in the whole background, but, like, because it's matte and everything else is kind of glossy, like the important stuff is glossy, it doesn't distract from the art on it. It's just really good. It's really good. Yeah. Mm. Man, I'm so jealous of people who do things like this. <laughs> I had a daydream the other day about being able to f actually draw something. <laughs> I don't think people who have artistic capabilities understand the torture that non-artistic people have in their bodies. <laughs> yes. I understand it's a skill and a yeah. skill that you can hone, but some people just can't hone no. that skill. Mm. I have nothing. I got nothing either. <laughs> I can draw like yin-yangs and triforces <laughs> because those are basic shapes. Yeah. <laughs> I can draw a box, a cube. <laughs> That's about it. Yep. Yep. I'm right there with you. <laughs> All right. So on to some news this week. Okay. This is, I kind of want to get this discussion with, because I think it's one of the most important ones that is not really happening right now. Something's going on with Stanley. Something scary is going on with Stanley. I mean, he just got over that bout of pneumonia, and that was about as much as everyone has Knows. heard recently yeah. about him. How he checked out of there, how quickly he left the hospital, is also a bit of alarming. But now there's other famous people that are speaking out 
on their thoughts of yeah. what's going on. What's going on? So the biggest the biggest thing that most people are disturbed by with Stanley is he had this manager who would go with him everywhere. He would go to the cons with him. He'd help him with his finances. He took care of him after his wife died. This guy named Max Anderson, who's been with him for almost 15 years. Just Well, yeah, he was with them at Motor City when he was yeah, there. Yeah, he's just his right-hand man. Does everything with him, does everything for him. Fired. Nobody knows why. Nobody knows who did it because Stan didn't do it. So who fired Max and why? And they took the eff- they made the effort to like villainize him kind of in the media before they fired him so that people wouldn't be as suspicious. But I think everybody that knows that relationship, it seems like, because it's not like I know that relationship, but the people who know Stan uh, and know Max know that relationship was tight and it's super weird. Well, it's, it's, and it's not only uh, about Max, it's about even some of the other people that are close. I mean, Stan knows many people. Mm-hmm. I, I think he could probably on his hand say who are close with him that are still alive. Right. When he is 95. Yes. But th- there's a lot of those people in that group that don't know what's going on. Right. There is some secret cabal or some person that is keeping Stan away from everyone. Took his cell phone um blocking social media like what's going on right and then the mystery gets even deeper with money yeah the uh there was eight hundred thousand dollars that he had i think we talked about this a couple months back when the eight hundred thousand dollars was reported stolen but then there was a condo that was purchased for three hundred thousand dollars that was used purchased using a check that was forged in Stan's name. And then there's $1.4 million that is missing out of his bank accounts. Like, they're not calling it stolen. They're just saying it's missing, which means somebody legally took that money, but there's no way for them to figure out how or why or who, mm-hmm. which is shady as fuck. And there is there are many documented cases of people taking advantage of the other... And- for as much as Stan Lee, his vigor and him being out, being in cameos, right. you see him as like, God, man, he's full of life. Right. Even though we see that, though, doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, when you get older, sometimes mm-hmm. some faculties kind of go in your mind and right. you're not always 100% there. I want to, and I've always truly believed that he was there and he was good enough to stand up for himself and make his own decisions, but right. now... I'm worried camper as well. Right. Well, the death of his wife affected him greatly. So even if he was super together before that happened, like that had to have changed something in him. Mm-hmm. Like you don't lose somebody like that in your life and have it not affect you. Well, one of those things too, and we even mentioned it when his wife passed away, like how soon, I mean, he's been on a death watch for forever because yeah. it usually happens like that. And, you know, think to any powerful being up there that he is still with us but this is terrible to right. be whoever's taking advantage of him because clearly something is afoot i can guarantee you that when it is found out who's doing this there is going to be some major nerd outrage unleashed against this person <laughs> like i don't like i don't know if whoever's doing this quite understands what's going to happen to the, them i'm assuming it's a him it could be a chick yeah. chicks are just as devious I don't think they quite fully understand what's going to happen to them once they're found out. Because it's not going to be pretty. Yeah, and with with the likes of, like I said, Kevin Smith and yeah. other celebrities. Neil Adams. Jason uh, David Frank. Yeah. Had to weigh in on it. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're not going to let it rest. No. And they are going to get their followers no. to try to... So whoever's doing this right now, just cut clean, get away. Yeah. They may forget about you as long as we can see that Stan's in a better place, but... You're not going to get anywhere. It's you've invoked the wrath of a pretty big fandom. Yeah. An intense fandom. Like there are comic book nerds and there are comic book nerds. And Stan Lee is a god among like the comic book nerds. And these are the people that are going to have, you know, a day of mourning when he dies. Like you know, they're going to take off work and they're going to just spend the whole day mourning Stan Lee. Somebody who wasn't ever 
physically in their lives, but literally took up a giant part of their lives. And it's like fucking with, like, if I found out somebody was doing this to my dad, like, it's that sort of similar outrage. Oh, yeah. So, (laughs) good luck to whoever's doing this, because I don't think it's going to end well for you. (laughs) Let's go on to some other interesting news, but good news. Okay. Love Kristen Wiig. She is hilarious. she's super funny. She's going to be Cheetah in the new Wonder Woman movie. Yes. Which, every time I hear this casting is... It's just weird to me. But then I always have to go back to when I heard, like, my reaction when I heard Heath Ledger was going to be the Joker. Like, I'm having a very similar reaction to this that I did when I heard Heath Ledger was going to be the Joker. Oh, well, I remember, yeah, I was one of those Heath Ledger... After that, I have said, give people a chance. Yes. But I also... Like, this is odd, though, because she's a... She's... So, she's going to be Cheetah, who is Wonder Woman's main... Like rival, yeah. yeah. She's the she's the cheetah is is to Wonder Woman what Joker is to Batman, pretty much. Except Cheetah is less well known. <laughs> um, but she's a villain, and she's not like a funny villain. She's a serious, yeah, badass and fighting villain. Kristen Wiig has been in serious movies, but I feel like they've always also been tinged with comedy because mm-hmm. that's where her. Forte is. Yep. She's from Saturday Night Live. You know? <laughs> she is a comedian, so... Yeah, and I don't think that she can't be right. up for the... It's just gonna be weird. Yes. And... How, it's gonna be weird for two reasons. One, they're gonna have to have a lot of CGI or prosthetics or... Cheetah looks like a freaking cheetah. Yeah. She is... A naked cheetah. Right, and I can't... With fur over their body, like Beast, but even Beast wears shorts. It's like a Mystique sort of thing. Like how Mystique has the scales or mm-hmm. whatever all over her body, but it's literally, that's just her body. That's the way cheetah is. And I don't, in my head, like, Kristen Wiig is an attractive lady, but I've never pictured, like, being able to, like, see Kristen her Wiig's silhouette. body yeah. <laughs> in Does that she... way. And, and I say this 100%... Not sexist or anything, but Cheetah's boobs are there, like, as yeah. much as how Mystique's were. Right. You gotta kind of have some nice... Right. ...hoo-hahs to... <laughs> They're breasts, Tony. You can say the word breasts. <laughs> Otherwise, it, right. it won't... So, I, I think that they're gonna fully do a costume... Instead of doing the body. And they're still gonna have, like, a whole body. Like, they'll be painted up, but they'll have some sort of Amazonian-type armor like right. maybe a chest plate and i don't know yeah i would be pants i would i would have to give props to kristen wig if she was falling like yeah let's do it let's do just the traditional cheetah look i'll do it and then all right get it girl <laughs> but i can't and it's and it's sad because it is because she's funny so funny women aren't traditionally sexual objects right they they tend to be like the girl next door friends type and not somebody you look at and you're like I mean most guys look at a lot of women and are like yeah I'd hit that but <laughs> but not not in the way treated like most actresses in Hollywood are Com- comedic actresses I think are viewed differently than non-comedic actresses oh for sure and uh, for no other reason other than that they're funny and he, it's hard to connect those two things I guess but you know, we'll see. I can't. I can't say that it's going to be terrible or bad because, again, Heath Ledger. But <laughs> I just. I just want to say though, too, though. Awesome. I. I had heard rumors of Cheetah being in this, but now that it's all but confirmed, maybe they confirmed it before, and we're looking for the actress. But I like that this is the direction they're going with Wonder Woman. Right. More traditional. More who her villains are. Let them make Wonder Woman be the only awesome thing that right. Warner Brothers has right now. Yeah. I I mean, you know, uh, what's his name? Uh, Ares? Is that who is yeah. the, it, the... The choice that was made for him as the villain and the way they portrayed <clears throat> him. I mean, he was... It was like, it was Ned Flanders being a villain, basically, is what it ended up being. There was a... <laughs> I forget. It's a YouTube channel where this person breaks down movies... 
And I'm like, this guy is not getting enough subscribers as he should. He took Wonder Woman, uh, Batman versus Superman, Justice League, and pretty much was explaining... And I think he took like one other mo movie too, but was kind of explaining why DC's shit in the bed. Yeah. And the big things was green screen, green screen, green screen, hordes of, of zombie lists, like mindless monsters. Like right. no one cares about that. So you're beating up all these things because that happened in all of those movies. Giant horned uh, monster at the end. Mm. Like yeah. they took the same almost rendering and put a different face swap on it. And that was the same thing in all these movies. Like, right? Wow, they are following the same shitty formula. It is. It not, is. I mean, not, Wonder Woman was great, but it also followed that oh. kind of formula. No, and that's it's funny because the, Connor does not like Wonder Woman as much as I do, which is fine because I'm more of the demographic. And the reasons why I like Wonder Woman are not because of the movie itself necessarily, but because of the movie like they did it's just hard to explain they did such a good job making these women very powerful and as a woman it's just nice to see um but connor was straight up like it's this they do the same thing in all of their movies so he probably he watches youtube all the time so he probably <laughs> stole it from this guy <laughs> but where you think your son is smart now yeah, I'm like yeah now you've ruined that for me thanks tony <laughs> So, anyway, it'll be interesting to see how that turns out, I guess. <laughs> uh, speaking of shitty movies, uh, Dune is going to get a reboot. Did you not like Dune? The Spice. I think, as a whole, the books and the story and everything are awesome. Way out there, interesting, and some of it, but, like, as far as sci-fi, good. Yeah. Movie is not no. the greatest of, of movies, because it leaves out a lot that the books, there's so much. It can't yeah. be a single movie. Did you watch the miniseries? I wanted to, and I have yet to try to okay. find that. I've heard it. that was way better. Yeah, and I think that if they're going to be making these movies, I'm glad that they're making two films at least. Right. But seriously, break it up with enough time to breathe. If you're going to take uh, a huge franchise like this, mm -hmm. these this are the times when you say, or like Lord of the Rings, we are making three movies. We're, but make sure you go through all, like make them all. Don't just like the first one flop. Right. right. Make, no, you got to put the money in, mm -hmm. and it will pay for itself. Even cult classically yep. later on in life, yep. but do it justice. I'm interested to see an updated. Um, God, who was it uh, in the other one? Um, person from the police. Uh, Sting. Yeah, Sting was yeah, in. Yeah, Sting that was one, in yeah. it. Yeah. I think there was someone else that was in it, too, that I can't remember. It's been ages since I watched yeah. that one. Yeah. I only know Sting off the top of my head. John Goodman was in, I think, the newer one. I think he played the bad guy. I don't know. I'm not up on Dune. <laughs> <laughs> I know it has something to do with the spice. That's about it. And they have really blue eyes. Right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> not 100% on that. Um... You were talking about DC having... Yes. DC's coming out with a new imprint, which is something they've been doing lately. Because they have the Young Animals imprint that they're doing, and the there's some other American one that they're doing. A couple different things they're trying. This... It seems like they're going the route a bit of uh, image. I almost feel as if these are separate but they're still part of DC. I mean, these characters in particular. Right. But, like, the young animals imprint. Right. They're also having... Because they don't call it Vertigo anymore, but they're having the Sandman universe right. imprint. Right. It sounds like they're just having a lot more... Yes. Which they've kind categories. of always done, because they had Vertigo, right? That was part of DC. And uh, Dark Horse, wasn't that part of DC? No. They no. had they had another label that was kind of dark that went along with it besides Vertigo I thought at one point in time but they did like the Elseworlds stuff like that but this is DC Black Label which is basically Elseworlds so it's allowing creators to come in and tell stories about iconic characters without being bogged down with canon so they don't have to tie it into like certain continuity or continuity at all they can literally just do whatever they want 
Like, so a lot of the most famous stories in DC are Elseworlds stories. The Killing Joke started out as an Elseworlds story, although that was eventually written into canon. And same with Watchmen. Definitely not in traditional continuity. Now it's being pushed into it. But that's because those are our favorite stories. Red Sun. Um, uh, what's the other one that's really big? Doesn't matter. Um, Frontier. That's the other one I was trying to think of. <laughs> so... Basically, they're just doing Elseworlds again, but they're naming it something different, um, which is exciting because those are the best stories when they don't have to adhere to a certain storyline and make sure it matches what happened before and is tying into what their end mm-hmm. goal is eventually. Um, and they've actually already named a few books that they have in, uh, they're already planning on. The first one being, um, I think it's, Superman Year One. Yeah, that one already Yeah. tells me that I hate this. Well, it's written by Frank Miller. He did and, Batman Year One. And I think that he could do a great job. I don't fucking need to know Superman's first year. Right. You know how many times that's been written down? I know. They could. It could be a completely different book, like Red Sun, and it'd be amazing, but that's not what this is going to be. There's going to be one small difference, maybe... He doesn't, the Clarks, um, or the Kents, I mean, maybe Pa Kent is already dead when he arrives, right. so it's just Martha. Right. Or maybe he doesn't know Martha. Right. There is no Martha. Yeah. Only we, Zool. Right. <laughs> well, and that's what, that's what Red Sun was about, right? That's, that's the story as if Superman landed in Russia. Yeah. Instead of in the United States. Yes, and that's the, the whole Elseworlds. I don't believe this is what they're trying to get at. They are trying to, as they said reinvigorate these right just don't do the the origin stories no one needs to know that shit the wonder woman one sounds more interesting oh yeah well i'm that i'm just shitting on that one because of what it is they've done year ones before you're right they've done it in excess um so it'll be it will be interesting to see what makes this one different because it is an origin story that's been told many 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 different ways many 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 different times um what frank miller is going to do with it to make it different who the hell knows it's Frank Miller. It could be anything. <laughs> um, but Kelly Sue DeConnick is doing uh, Wonder Woman, which will be super interesting because, you know, she's definitely leaning towards one of our more feminist writers, um, especially after doing Bitch Planet. You know, you can't argue with that at all. <laughs> um, so, But she's doing uh, the Amazon. So she's doing, like, pre-Wonder Woman uh, stories with, how do you say Wonder Woman's name? Mom's name? Hip, hip, is it Hippolyta or Hi- yeah. Hippolyta? No, Hippolyta. So the story of her and how she came to power. Why are you asking me how to pronounce a word? I know that's <laughs> my bad. The all the fucking cover of this book, if this is the actual cover, that's amazing art, mm-hmm. and I can't wait to read this book just based on the cover. Um, but there's a couple other ones. There's. Batman, Last Night on Earth, that's being written by Scott Snyder with Greg Capullo. So, you know, the dynamic duo of Batman, Um, which sounded really interesting because the setup for this is uh, the Dark Knight finds himself in the desert, unaware of what year it is, and with the head of his all-time villain, the Joker, alive inside a jar. So the Joker's head is in a jar, but the Joker's head is alive. What? Futurama? (laughs) Yeah. Like, what the fuck's going on? So that'll be weird, but it, you know, I, I can't, I can't, I can't not help but look forward to this because DC has been killing it lately. Mm -hmm. So like just, this just makes it even more exciting because I love alternate stories to regular timelines. So, you know, they're just kicking Marvel's ass left and right. Yep. In the comic book world. Yes. <laughs> to be very clear, in comic books only. Oh, man. Uh, <clears throat> I've, I've gotten over Rob Liefeld. Pouches? It, no, everything about him is what I loved about the 90s. Yeah. So, like, and he's helped create some, some of my favorite characters. He's he's turned over. I feel a new personal leaf in in how he presents himself now because he, he was, was a huge, whiny little bitch. Yeah, that's what I've always heard about him was he was whiny and a huge dick. But it seems like he's learned 
don't be that yeah. way so much. Oh, maybe if the fans like me, I'll be <laughs> able to be more successful. <laughs> the fans like me, I'll be liked. <laughs> so with that being said, it seems like his PR assistant has definitely yeah. polished up his image a little bit. Um, and Netflix is uh, going to uh, come to the rescue to get more of Rob in front of everyone's eyes. Yeah, they're spending a lot of money to purchase his intellectual property. Yep, and pretty much coming out from so not nothing Marvel or anything, mm-hmm. but his own imprint uh, over at Image. He's going to be bringing his extreme uh, creations, the to, extreme universe, yeah, to in in a connective Netflix universe, whether it's through TV shows or movies. They're kind of doing it all. Yeah, at least that's the plan. So. It is. They already have Miller World. Yeah, but we're still yet to see I know. anything of it. I know. And obviously this is, yeah, yeah, announcing it now for right. going in the future. I'm excited a bit for this. So many shoulder so, pads and pouches. It'll, it'll be over the top. Nobody's feet. <laughs> <laughs> Never see anybody's They're feet. They're just shot from the chest up. Like, <laughs> no, or, or the waist, from, waist. I was yeah. going to say, you have to do like the groin area because yeah. you have to be able to see all the pouches and yep. the giant man packages. <laughs> you just terrace through mud. Like the extreme, the extreme universe is the perfect description of Rob Liefeld's characters because they're li- everything on them is extreme. The hair is extreme. The bodies are extreme. The number of pouches on a person's body Even is their extreme. Names, Bloodstrike, uh, Cybrid, Kaboom. Bloodstrike, Blood Wolf, Blood, <laughs> Blood, 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 Blood. <laughs> Yes. And every time I see a picture of Rob Liefeld, I forget that that's what he looks like. Because in my head, Rob Liefeld doesn't look like he actually does in real life. He looks like one of his characters in my head. <laughs> and he to I think of Cable when I think of Rob Liefeld. Oh, do you? I do. Oh, like of what you think he should yeah, look like. Yeah. And then I see Rob Liefeld and I'm like... Mm. You know who, what he kind of reminds me of? Arcade. Mm. Just he's got that kind of that, that smile and, yeah. and that... that that looks something's behind those eyes. Well, we know what's behind those eyes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that I mean, you know, that'll be interesting. Netflix is definitely making sure that they have a lot of shit to go on in the future. And I feel like we've jumped back and forth between DC and Marvel shit. I'm gonna go back to Marvel one okay. more time. Um, so Kevin Fiji, Feige, Feige, Feige. Fuck his last name. <laughs> I only know Smith. it's Feige. Kevin Smith. Yeah. I only know it's Feige because I listen to Kevin Smith's podcast and he talks about Kevin Feige all the time and that's how he says it. And I'm assuming that Kevin Smith is right. It, yeah. Maybe he's not. He is high all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get it right one of these days. Anyways, uh, he started talking more and more about the costume of Carol Danvers and how everyone needs to get over the color scheme Yes, the true colors will happen eventually later. This is the first costume. Spider-Man didn't have his first costume right away anyways either. Right. But it's also telling of where this setting is going to happen. Um, he's recently dished the dirt of... Remember when... Uh, first Iron Man movie? When Samuel Jackson tells Tony, you know, you're part of a bigger universe. Mm. You didn't even know it yet. Yeah. What they're doing is this movie is going to be set in the 90s. Well before when... The 2000s happened with the Iron Man, if that's when it happened in real world time. And this is going to be with Nick Fury's first interaction with Carol Danvers coming here to Earth. So with that being said, that's kind of cool. It it, but it's going to kind of retcon a little bit, but not not even retcon. What Carol Dan? So you said when Carol Danvers comes to Earth. You're right. I misspoke. Not when she came to Earth, when she appeared on Earth. Yeah, okay. <laughs> A.K.A. <laughs> when her powers manifested. All right. That's fair. Yeah. Um, because she has, you know, half half Cree blood in her and... Through genetic testing, etc. And that's part of the reason why her costume looks more Cree because, well, it is the Cree colors. Right. Then they get the red later on and go red, white, and blue, even though there's not really white right. in there. And they're they're totally skipping over her 
transitioning from Ms. Marvel to Captain Marvel. Well, she's had, I mean, she's had a, a hell of a, a life and a career and a, her own personal retconning of having the Kree genes. Well, that's what gave her superpowers to begin with, but she, who was it that took, Rogue, Rogue. took her, yeah, yeah, took her powers. that's what made Rogue be able to fly. And be invulnerable. Yeah. But somehow that one kept, like, she was able to just always keep that power and steal well, more. Well, she drained it entirely from Ms. Marvel. I think, didn't she almost kill her? Or Probably. they thought they had, she had yeah. killed her? Yeah. But she got, <laughs> she got better. Go better. <laughs> and then she got even more power, yeah. so. Yeah, yeah. So she should thank Rogue. <laughs> She's such a badass character. Um... And I'm glad they're finally doing her, because she is definitely one of those characters that uh, you didn't hear about for a really long time. Like, Ms. Marvel would show up in, like, random comic books and stuff like that, but... See, I guarantee you she is in the Avengers movie. Because yeah. here's the thing. They keep saying this is setting up, you know, her origin story. She can show up on in the big movie, punch some bad guys. Mm -hmm. Some people will be like, who was that? Other people would be like, holy shit, she's here. Right. They're still all going to go see the movie of when she debuted. Well, right, yeah. Cause so there's there's no reason why they, yeah. If anything, that would drive interest for her to show up and punch some baddies. And then people will be like, oh my God, she's badass. I need to go see this movie. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. I'm excited. I'm so excited for, for that. Me too. Hey, there's, did... there's a lot of good movies coming out, though. I know. Ready Player One. Yeah. Pacific Rim. Yeah. That other superhero movie that you couldn't remember. <laughs> the one that comes out in April. What superhero movie is that? Oh, yeah. Avengers. That one. That little one that they're doing. <laughs> yeah. I totally forgot. It doesn't... It's too... It's so big of a movie that I can't ever actually, like, admit to myself that it's going to come out, I think is what it is. It's such an epic thing that they're trying to do. Like, in my head, it's impossible. So, this movie's just never coming out. <laughs> <laughs> they're going to have to keep filming it forever and ever and ever and ever for it to make sense. But, oh, Han Solo comes out soon, too. Oh, yeah. I yeah. forgot about that yeah. movie. <laughs> I think it Still looks good. It. Yeah, for sure. But, I think that's... Mark Hamill got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame this week. Oh, we didn't... Yeah. Uh, we didn't talk about it last week, but I wanted to about Mark Hamill cameoing in, in a new Guardians oh, movie. Oh, yeah. And how even though that was just a Twitter discussion, James Gunn inviting him over and yeah. them saying, yeah, let's talk, like, that would just... If he's just even a person in, like, a galaxy bar... Right. ...in some robes... Yeah. They can do it. It's Disney. My, don't, don't need to even say who he is. Just It would be great if they were in a bar and he just looks at Star-Lord and he's like, my friend doesn't like you. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like you either. <laughs> God, there's so many possibilities that I, I can't wait till we find out which one it is, but there's got to be something. God, Mark Hamill. <sighs> or even have him be a, a voice for... Someone. Oh yeah, that's entirely a possibility. He's a great voice actor, iconic, for sure. I think who could be a voice though? Who's someone that would be CGI in? Pretty much anybody. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Just random alien number two. Well, he could be. I mean, I wouldn't have ever believed uh, ego. Oh. Uh, and Kurt Russell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so. Snake Pliskin. Yeah. <laughs> Booze in a book this week is Rasputin, the voice of the dragon number five, concluding this story arc uh, of the man of, I want to say mystery, but he's a warlock pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and it is going to be paired with a good old shot, or maybe three, of story. Ugh, three is too many. I know. That's what... <laughs> Gotta go a little over the top there with with Rasputin, the man who would not die. Yes, because if you drink this stuff, your whole insides are gonna just be <laughs> clear coated with. You're death. either going to die or preserved. It's yes. one of those two things. 
Oh, with that, um, everyone hopefully can get an, an extra hour of a nap in to, yes. to make up for their losing yes. an hour. Of course, when this goes out, though, it's already been a day anyway. Hopefully so. everyone's recovered by then. You do know, like, actually, statistically, there are more people that have heart attacks mm-hmm. because, and it's so weird. I don't understand that it's, biological it, clock. It but. messes up their sleeping schedule or something. I don't know. It's it's super weird. But, you know, humans. <laughs> <laughs> Take a shot of vodka. That'll fix everything. It's super true. So stay thirsty for next week. Um Hopefully you haven't had a heart attack because of the hour change. <laughs> Tony specifically. Did I make it through St. Patrick's Day? Yes. <laughs> <laughs>